0: Welcome to Canvas Conversations on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church.
1: and welcome to Canvas Conversations on the Not The Artist podcast. On the show, the host team, we like to discuss conversations that come up in Christian culture. And uh, yeah, we're just going to start off by uh, getting to know each other a little bit more. So I'm going to ask two different questions.
0: We should note that um, today we are recording with just me, Colin, and Maddie. Matt was unable to be here with us today. So just so you know why he's not answering these questions with us. And hang on a little bit, uh, after the icebreaker questions, cause we are going to talk behind Matt's back. So stay tuned for that.
1: all right. So, what is your favorite weather down to the degrees, and why?
0: This is an excellent question. I think about this a from? lot what well yeah where where, where did you come up How with did you this? I mean this.
1: I'm very opinionated about this.
0: Oh, okay. So, so it's it's you have an axe you want to grind, and you're just yeah. So there's <laughs> one I want to voice right, my opinion.
1: There's one right. No, there's answer. not one right answer. It's just it's if it's not mine, it's probably wrong.
0: Uh, I'm a huge fan of fall. Okay. Of sort of mid October, not when it's very cold, but when the leaves are falling. It's sweater weather. So I would say. I'm going to put the perfect weather at about 15 degrees Celsius. Just cool enough that you want to wear a long sleeve, maybe a sweater, um, but maybe still a sunny day with a clear sky. That's that's where I land. I like it.
2: That's crazy. I was going to say 14. It's okay. so close. Oh, you guys
0: are cold. Really? Okay. Those yeah. are cold. What's I'm into what's the
2: your fall. Reason? Like yeah. my family, we put up fall decorations already just so that we're prepped because it's going to wow. come up really soon. It does. But that weather is so good because like you said, you can... It can get warmer. It totally depends on humidity, or if the sun's out, or if it's cloudy. Yep. It totally changes. You can still at be outside point. all day. Mm-hmm. You can go
0: for a walk. Totally. You can hang out in the park, but you're not super hot. Now, I don't mind mm-hmm. summer either. Mm-hmm. For me, the perfect summer temperature is about 24 degrees. I feel Some, like I summer's
2: just summer though. Like it could be 25 or 36, mm-hmm. and I don't. Okay, you're no, just, it's just hot, right? is like, too much. Yeah, 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 you yeah, feel 36. Just hot. Six. Like okay, negative 12 to negative 40. Right. It's all your fingers hurt. Your face hurts. Like there's no temperature
0: then. It's just pain. So like. I don't know. I think there's a big difference between (laughs) my It's the wind. It's the wind. Minus 12 at the beginning of winter is frigid. Minus 12 at the end of winter. You're wearing t-shirts. You're in out there in shorts. Slurpees. Colin, why don't, since you came in hot with an answer here, why don't you tell us? So my perfect,
1: temperature is 17 degrees celsius
0: we're so 17 close yeah that. that's
1: good it, it's just enough to where it's like yeah you could either wear a long sleeve you could wear a sweater but you can still wear shorts and it's okay nobody's gonna judge you i love it <laughs> and it's also just the most comfortable and then yeah usually around like late august early september actually all of september it's just that vibe of like the air is crisp mm-hmm. it's not humid it's mm-hmm. very nice. So I I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Here. Okay, follow-up question. What is a dream or nightmare that's stuck in your memory for whatever reason? Ooh.
2: I had a dream when I was a kid that I got swallowed by a whale, and not like Jonah style. It was like we were walking in a forest, and I went in a cave, and it just was a whale.
1: There was a whale in the cave. Just or the, the cave the, was the a cave whale. Was
2: the whale, and oh. I walked like right in. <laughs>
0: Those and land it was whales, so
2: scary, always
0: making, always tricking you. <laughs> it was like
2: pink inside and purple. It was so weird. And I remember thinking like, "Where's my dad? <laughs> like, why am I this whale?" But yeah, that would be mine. Clear as day.
0: That's scary. I think
2: about it often too, which is weird. Like, why am I thinking
0: about this? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I used to have a scary dream. I think it was recurring. I think I had it more than once when I was really young. Like, I don't remember. I was probably only six or seven, eight, somewhere in there where I, I had like a stuffed animal that was this bunny. And I had this recurring dream where I would wake up, but I was still dreaming. I would go downstairs um, to like ask my parents for help. Cause I felt like there was something chasing me and my parents wouldn't be in their bed, but instead this bunny would be bouncing up and down on the bed.
1: That's so weird. Um, and okay. then when I saw
0: that bunny, I could, I was frozen, you know, the classic nightmare thing, like in the dream, you're frozen. You can't, you open your mouth to speak. No sound. Wait, comes that's out. a classic
1: thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause this is, it totally ties into mine.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's a Whoa. very well-known thing that classic nightmare is you, you try to speak and no sound comes out. It's You're frozen. It's just, it's just like a panic response in the dream. But yeah, I still remember that bunny like jumping up and down on their bed. That That's was pretty so scary. Bizarre.
1: So mine is a reoccurring one as well, but it was the shadow figure, um, that would like, so the dream would start out. I'd be somewhere where somebody could see me. Uh-huh. Um, but
0: we should have put like an NSFW warning on this. This is <laughs> no, no, It's not, is pretty spooky it's, it's content. It's not super spooky,
1: <laughs> but, um, it w- I would always be somewhere where like either somebody could see me or I'm around people uh, like my family, but they look away from me and then all of a sudden can't move, can't speak. And then I just know what dream it is. Oh. And then um, the shadow figure would like come out of nowhere. And then like, I don't know what I thought, but like I, I just wake up out of like s- massive panic, but it'd always be a different scenario. Right. But like every time I'd be like, oh shoot, this is that dream. Like yeah. I was aware oh. in the dream. And so it just
0: yes. freaked me out it's as a frustrating. kid. I've had yeah. that feeling too, of being aware mm-hmm. that you're dreaming. It sucks. I it think is. for
2: all of my dreams, I know I'm dreaming. Like wow. I know, wow. what's it? Uh, it's not lucid. lucid dreaming, but that's when you can kind of like control what you're yeah. doing or something. Yeah.
1: You you are aware. Yeah. But uh, the next step is to like, be able to control right. the dream.
2: I think some, yeah, I think sometimes I do, but like, it's just so bizarre. Dreams are so weird. Sleep freaks me out. I've heard so many scary stories about like dreams are one thing, <laughs> yeah. but like people do things in your sleep. I can't. Sleepwalking, <laughs> sleep talking. That stuff freaks yeah. me out too.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been an uplifting, <laughs> not at all scary conversation. <laughs> I love it. You're welcome. Um, Dear listeners, as you know, throughout the summer, if you've been listening with us, you know that me and Matt have had some tension. Uh, it seems like whenever he gives an answer, I'm the first to criticize it. I think he does it back to me a little bit. You'll remember, of course, the purple controversy. He shared that his yeah, favorite huge color was controversy purple. And I was just, I'm still pretty shaken by that answer. That's just, I've never heard anyone say that's their favorite color. We did color. actually
2: have to change our wedding color to purple because of that conversation. <laughs> no, you didn't. It's purple now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chianti, I think, is the color, Chianti, but it's purple.
0: <laughs> I stand corrected. Purple really is Matt's favorite color. But I thought since he wasn't able to be here with us tonight, um, let's talk about him behind his back. Here's the opportunity we have this to to dish about Matt, to share what we really think about him. We've got stuff. We've got stuff. So let me start. Here's what really grinds my gears about Matt is just how good a friend he is. He's so thoughtful. He's always asking (laughs) me. Yeah, he's always just always asking me how I'm doing, uh, checking in with me, taking me out for wings to see how I am, especially if he knows there's things I'm working through or thinking about. Mm,
1: I I just hate how good he is at drums. Yeah, he's just such a... Calm down. Yeah. Like, I, I know multiple people like from the audience have been like, hey, Matt. Shoot, that was going to because <laughs> there's an old lady that does not were like you, Matt play to quote
0: older an yeah, older yeah, population already yeah, yeah. stomped at a brick yeah, wall yeah. That no, no. yeah that's Buckethead's and, and jumping on that you know what really bugs me is his heart for worship like yeah what he, the heck that he loves God and that he wants to glorify him with the gifts he's been given and that he
1: serves like whenever he can
0: yeah countless hours that he's probably done more for the church than anyone <laughs> what a goofball what a guy we do love you Matt We won't even get Maddie involved in this. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's just going to be me 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 and Dom ranting
1: about how great Matt is.
0: (laughs) He really is the best. I'm sorry that I made so much fun of him this summer. Okay, we're going to move on to a conversation here. Um, So if you remember uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about a study from the Barna Research Group where they talked about millennials and missions and sort of their changing attitudes towards it. So just a few days ago, they released kind of a follow-up study that I thought was very interesting, maybe because I studied language and communications in university, but this really stood out to me. Uh, They wanted to do a study on changing religious language across different demographics. So what they were doing was studying the words that uh, committed Christians use to describe or share about their faith with others. Um, so they conducted this research with thousands of self-identified Christians across different age groups in the U.S. And just to sum it up, you can find it online if you're interested. Um, the data showed that millennials, which I think all of us would fall into. I'm Gen Z. You're Gen Z, Colin. Okay. Uh, you're probably right on the, you're a Zillennial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Anyway, young people today are more cautious about the words that they use to describe uh, the goals behind sharing their faith with others, which is something that older generations are less careful about. And not that that's right or wrong, it's just an evolving attitude. Um, So this study found that young adults were a lot more cautious around using words that they associated with Christianese. So when it especially comes to sharing their faith with others, and that's what this study was focused on, uh, a majority of young adults and teenagers preferred the term sharing faith uh, to describe that activity rather than other words like evangelism, uh, witnessing, uh, winning souls, which I've only heard a few times in my life. But,
1: Gotta win them souls. Yeah, <laughs> winning souls
0: or converting. And in fact, the, the most disliked word uh, used to describe missions was converting which was really interesting. Um, now, this article points out that at the end that young adults, this doesn't mean they're less likely to be engaged in missions. In fact, as we've discussed on the show, in some ways they're just as or more involved, uh, given that they seem to know more missionaries, studies mm-hmm. show, that kind of thing. But the language that they prefer using is changing from what older generations have used. So Colin and Maddie, I'm curious what you guys think about that. Let's, we'll get to Christianese in general in a moment, but first, just when it comes to missions, would you agree sharing faith is probably the word you would choose? Do you feel any sort of apprehension about those other words like converting or witnessing? What do you think?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't like the phrase converting, (laughs) um, and I, I, yeah, I feel like I'd use the phrase "share my faith" or "share my testimony," which is what um, What is
0: it about that that phrase? I have some um, ideas
1: about what sharing it is, but- is. a lot more of "Hey, I'm I'm showing this to you. Take it. Do what you want with it. I hope it goes somewhere. But I'm not saying this is the way. And if you live your life any other way, you're doing it wrong sure
0: converting is which which in a sense sorry to interrupt you which in a sense we do believe right right? we believe the gospel is truth but um but it's it's the attitude maybe with which we're approaching it
1: yeah now um there's been a big push of like being an individual and like you do you which is great like Mm -hmm. you do you but um it's Yeah. The, the phrase converting is like, okay, I'm winning them over to my team or like, and it's a lot more of like, if I walk away from a conversation where I'm like, Hey, I want to convert you or win your soul. (laughs) Or if I walk away from a conversation where I'm like, here's my faith story. Mm -hmm. I think that more, more likely than not in today's time, I'm going to have a bigger impact on that person and they're going to be a bit more open to listening with the sharing your faith instead of converting because converting is like, okay, here's a, here's a hard line and you sort of burn a relationship if they aren't open to that, Mm -hmm. um, sharing your faith is a lot more passive, but Mm -hmm. it also opens up the opportunity for a relationship Sure. Outside of that where it's like, okay, you didn't like it when I talked about that that Mm -hmm. time. That's fine. Let's chill. I'm still gonna, you know, talk with you. Chill.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. It's great.
2: Mm -hmm. Conversions for me is a business term. Like I use that at work a lot. So I actually, when you say it, I'm not even... I wasn't even registering of like, oh yeah, this is definitely a Christianese kind of languagey thing. I'm hearing that as that's when someone becomes a paying customer and I've done my job and now they're a number. Like that's Mm -hmm. when, that's how I'm thinking of even those (laughs) words. Well, when you're talking about it too, like winning soul, like you either win or you lose, that's a number or not a number. So like in my mind, like you were talking about, it's definitely like a quota versus a relationship or like doing life with somebody versus literally winning souls. I don't know anyone who says it. If you do, that's okay. But it's just, it's not approachable to me. Like if someone were to say that to me, my mind almost turns off like as in, okay, this isn't relatable. This isn't real. This isn't something that's easy to replicate. Anyone can share something. We're taught to share in kindergarten. Like it might not necessarily be your testimony or be like, here's, Jesus. And like, I'll share this with you, but you're taught how to share jelly beans. Like anyone can share something. And
0: there's give and take taken sharing, mm-hmm. yep. right? You're not yeah. just, it's not one-sided. Yeah. I'm about
1: to, it's not, th- here's my business pitch. Right. Mm-hmm. Please buy my product. It's, yeah. Hey, it's, here's my story. Can I hear your story? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which even if we're thinking about it and this is impersonal and wrong, but even if we're thinking about evangelism strategically, I think that is the best approach today. Mm-hmm. Is in building relationship, is in listening just as much as we talk. But besides the strategy of evangelism, that's just the right way mm-hmm. to have a conversation. Yeah, and and have give relationship value to the other person. Right. Totally. Yeah. So would you say, and this might be too strong in a sense, but I don't know. I, I would think that some of these, maybe some of these terms, uh winning souls, so that one is so interesting to me because as with some of the other ones, and kind of to what you were saying, Colin, it almost removes any sort of personhood mm-hmm. and, and there's sort of a devaluing happening of the other person. Like they're not a whole complete person with a story and, you know, maybe experience with the church. They're a soul that needs to be one. Right. And I'll be the first to say, I think that everyone needs Jesus mm-hmm. and that, yeah. you know, that he is the way, the truth and the life, but um, it's just the way we approach it. And I think some of the, even the words we use to describe that process are changing. Yeah. Uh, and they'll probably change again. I'm sure when we're older. Um, yeah, we'll sound
1: like idiots who yeah. are saying <laughs> if share our, your if, faith. If
0: right. If our grandkids listen back to this, they'll make fun of us and say, oh, that sounds so outdated or whatever. But I guess things change. Um, can you guys think of any other Christianies that you've experienced in your life? So these are Christian phrases that if you're not in the church, if you're not already part of a church community, you likely wouldn't understand what they mean. I'll give a disclaimer before we share, which is we're not making fun of anybody. We're not, you know, maybe we are poking fun at certain phrases, um, but we're not questioning anyone's heart here. So if you or someone you know uses one of the phrases we're about to talk about, we're not looking to tear that person down. It's just an interesting conversation and also kind of a funny one to talk about these sometimes strange phrases that we really only use inside of the church. Do you guys have any that come to mind?
1: Yeah, for me, um, pleading the blood of Jesus over something. Mm. Um, I've heard that a couple of times and it always throws me off and it's like, okay, so pleading the blood of Jesus over something. What does that mean? Blood of Jesus healing power or like removal of sin pretty much. Right. Um, So it's pretty much just forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to say pleading the blood of Jesus over something? Like it sounds like from an outside perspective, way too weird and like I don't know it's as soon as I find myself like praying or something and it's like you're trying to sound more
0: biblical that's when it becomes christianese yeah for sure well I think that and it's in scripture so I'm not saying we should remove it but maybe outside of the church we need to be a little careful with where we use phrases that have to do with blood yeah because there's a lot of blood in scripture scripture talks about jesus being the lamb who was sacrificed like it's in there for sure but even you know kanye released a song a few weeks ago called wash us in the blood mm-hmm. and if you most people would probably even culturally but if you had no experience with the church it's to like, hear of well, someone being people washed washing in blood yeah to hear people being washed in blood is pretty scary pretty terrifying a lot like some of those nightmares we were talking about before <laughs> for me one christianese phrase that comes up that I as always never sat well with me again if you use it I love you but I don't love on you and that's the phrase that always gets me whenever yeah we just we just came back from Guatemala and man we were just really loving on those kids it feels very I don't know aggressive and I I don't know why we can't just say loving what's the difference between loving someone and loving on someone
1: That's fair. That's one of those things where it's like, it's not even like taken out of the Bible. It's just like words that we've like used. (laughs) That's right. And
0: now it's It's become like this
1: thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's pretty common for like Christians to say it, Right. but it's like, yeah. When you take a step back and look at it, it's like, I'm loving on you. Mm -hmm. Uh.
0: Yep. I uh I found a website that has some Christianese as well as their tr- well I'll tell you guys the Christianese you tell me what you think the translation is or what this phrase means and we'll share what they put on the website. Um, okay, if someone tells you, <laughs> if someone says that's not my spiritual gift, what are they really saying?
1: Like not not my thing. <laughs> uh, I'm not talented at that.
0: Yeah, it says here find someone else. <laughs> Which is true. Uh, I loved this one. So, what do you, what do you think? What do you think we mean when we call something fellowship? So we're fellowshipping, yeah. right? We we actually use that in young adults. So again, we're not really making fun of anyone, but we say, "Oh man, after after worship, we're gonna have a time of fellowship."
2: No snacks and games, coffee.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, the website here said organized gluttony. <laughs> um, the Christianese phrase is, "She has such a sweet spirit." And the translation is, what an airhead.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, uh, they talk also about uh, the Christianese phrase, uh, prayer concerns or prayer requests, mm-hmm. really just being a cover for gossip. That's
2: so which good. Which definitely happens
0: some sometimes. They also talk Ooh. about how, um, I liked this one, they said the Christianese is, let us pray. Which really means I'm going to pretend to talk to God now, but I'm really just preaching at you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Which I like a lot. That's kind of, and I think I'm guilty of that too, where I'm praying for someone and then I'll kind of in the middle of my prayer i'm talking to god but i'm almost it's talking a reminder. i'm talking to that person <laughs> and i'm kind of like you know give them the strength they need to get through this because blah 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 and i'm kind of explaining Musicable to god scriptures that i memorized <laughs> yeah, oh a gosh. week before right i'm explaining to god why he needs to give them strength it's almost more for the person mm. who's listening but mm. yep we we used to sing a song at grant um Uh, I think it was Nick, who some of you know, works at Grant on Youth. His brother, Josh, pointed out the bridge of that song was very strange if you weren't a Christian, if you weren't part of this culture. Um, I think the bridge of the song was All Consuming Fire Fall, Fall on Us. I forget what song that is. But to be (laughs) fair, that's a very strange thing for a group of people to get together and sing. All Consuming (laughs) Fire Fall. On Change us.
2: one instrument and it's totally different. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly.
0: Yeah. I and mean, we all know what that means. We know we're referring to the Holy Spirit of Pentecost, but yeah. It's such to be, a calm song too. Now that I'm thinking about it, like
2: that part isn't, it's not, a, it doesn't sound like fire. <laughs> like right. It doesn't yeah. sound
0: intense. But yeah, to be fair, if you had no, not a ton of knowledge about yeah. Christianity, you walked into a church and a group of people was singing all, all consuming fire fall on us. You'd be pretty no, freaked thanks. out. So yeah. I think it's a good reminder, not that I'm trying to draw some kind of moral lesson out of this um, study, but I think it is a good reminder that the words we use, especially outside of the church when we're talking to people who aren't as familiar with our metaphors and our words, I think it's good to be reminded that um, not everyone is as familiar with things as we are. And that applies to the words we use, but also even just teaching. We who have been in the church for our whole lives, for example, we kind of take for granted what other people do or don't know about Christianity. And Mm -hmm. I would say today more than ever, we live in a culture, and I'm not bemoaning this, I'm not saying this is all bad, but we live in a culture where it's likely that a lot of people don't have as much exposure to these symbols and metaphors Mm -hmm. than maybe they did 50 years ago. Right. Um, And so I think it is a good reminder, even the study and, and these other Christianese phrases is a good reminder that um. yeah the words we use matter and have influence and ring mm-hmm. differently in other people's ears than they do in ours Hello, everyone, and welcome to the interview part of Canvas Conversations. Uh, In this part of the show, I'm sitting down with young adults from our community uh, to get to know them better, to find out about important seasons in their lives in the past, as well as what God is teaching them today. And today I am joined by Jess and Alex. Uh, So excited to have you guys here in the quote-unquote podcast studio. Um, Well, before I say anything more about you guys, I'd love to let you introduce yourselves. So Jess, why don't you start? Give us a little bio, who you are, how long you've been coming to Grant, uh, as well as nicknames that you've had in your life in the past.
3: Sounds good. Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Jess um, or Jessica. Both don't really matter. Um, I have been at Grant for, I think, almost five years. I think we came in 2015. So um, I've been a part of like three different types of young adults here at Grant, yes. which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, I graduated in December from Booth University yep. uh, from social work. So I just got permanent position at Inker Child's Family Services yes. as yeah. a social worker. So, so excited. So good. Um, nicknames.
4: <laughs> well, Jess, first Jess, of all. Jess,
3: yeah, I yeah. guess people do that one.
4: How about you, Alex? Hi, I'm uh, Alex. Hanson. Uh, I've been uh, a member of the Young Adults here. Um, yeah, I've been going to Grant for two and a half years now. Uh, I grew up going to Linden Christian for high school and, and went to a different church but came back here about two and a half years ago. Uh, I graduated from psychology, U of M. And then uh, it's a long story, but right now I work for a, uh, an organization called Windsurf, and I um, oversee a home of adults with disabilities mm-hmm.
0: so yeah. yeah awesome and you've got some exciting changes coming up right yeah yeah,
4: yeah. so i uh, actually i got into booth for uh, social work as well too come oh, awesome. september yeah. so i'm pretty excited about that a myself. booth couple so, <laughs>
0: <Woo-hoo>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social, workers. social workers yeah. wow that's
4: awesome yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that's so. pretty cool that's going to be very good mm-hmm. um alex what about nicknames I mean, Alex is one again, you both have names that are easily and commonly shortened,
4: Mm -hmm. Jess and Alex, but have you had any others throughout your life? As a kid, um, one of my uncles used to call me big Al. Big Al. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. And, but more recently, um, many of you may know my first name being Herman. Right. So it's either Herm Yep. Or uh, Herman the fifth, or the fifth, because I'm Herman the fifth in my family. So, yes. yeah,
0: which is very cool, and I I feel like it's unique. Maybe other people have numbers in their names, like they're the third or the second mm. that I don't know about. But I assume that's pretty unique to have to be the fifth in oh, oh, a row.
4: There will be a sixth. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow.
3: Well, okay.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, we'll let you guys talk about that off mic here, but. Uh, Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, great to sit down with you guys. Um, We've been friends for a long time. So um, it's great just to yeah sit down and chat about what's been happening in your lives. Uh, But before we talk about today, uh, the first thing we're talking about in this podcast is the past. And we're asking everyone who comes in to share about a significant season in their life in the past uh, where they saw God at work in a meaningful way. Uh, And so I'd love to hear from both of you about a season in your life where you saw God at work.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, So for myself, personally, the theme grace is constant in my life. Like if I have to pinpoint a season, I think there's been so many seasons in Mm -hmm. my life. Like, my f- whole life is a season in general. Um, Cause I kind of struggle with that. Like, Oh, what was the season in your life where, you know, God really worked. And I just feel like there's, it's like comes in waves Okay. Yeah. sometimes. And it'll be um, kind of situational. Right. So like a breakup, a friendship gone wrong, a loss of a job, life isn't going your way. Like, I feel like those are seasons that I'm like, Hey God, what, what is here for me to learn? What Mm is, and it's just been constant grace. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the biggest point was probably in a previous relationship. And that's when I think God really flipped my life around in a sense. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like the breaking point of like, KJS, like you, like you need me, I need you. Like, let's figure this out. Because, um, I think my whole life I struggled with identity. Mm -hmm. Like who am I? What's my purpose? Um, Struggled with esteem and body image, which I'm sure a lot of young adult women struggle with. A lot of youth girls struggle with. Sure. Um, Always finding what's out there to make Jessica feel the best Jessica. Right. And I know that it's been constant and joy has been stolen from me. I've let a lot of people down. I've broken a lot of relationships just because I was so focused on like myself. Right. And we inherently are selfish people and just care about ourselves. Yeah. But it was... Yeah, like sometimes I found myself in like vanity, right? Like just Mm -hmm. that's in about yourself and this is what I should look like. This is the kind of guy I'll attract. This is the kind of people and friends I'll attract. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot of seasons in my life where it got to the point where I almost had none of those things that I thought mattered. I came to a point where I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't really have friends. I was working (laughs) like minimum wage jobs and that time was like $10 an hour. And it really felt like I had nothing. And Jesus had to become my everything in order for me to realize that those things were nothing, in fact. So, yeah, I think that it's not just the season. I think it's been those constant little situations.
0: Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me like, and this has been true in my life, and I know many other people's as well, that it's usually not easy things that draw Mm -hmm. us back to him, that draws back to his grace. It's always hard things. It's always struggle, conflict, tension that brings us back. Would you say that's been true for you as well?
3: Oh, absolutely. It's been those like, like really hard times. I mean, maybe I've had a lot more than some, but, (laughs) um, that have really just like, it's always been like, never just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus is there. It's been like, there's absolutely nothing. And Jesus is all that was left. Right. And so I've really learned that Jesus is, um, absolutely everything I need, even before, even good things. Like even yeah. my relationship now with Alex, even like, even before my career, like mm-hmm. um, yeah, without, yeah, without God, there's absolutely nothing. So
0: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lesson we can only learn the hard way. We can yeah. only learn by going through seasons where mm-hmm. other things are stripped away. And yeah. we realize um, we remember even in the good seasons, why that foundation is so important. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Jess. Totally.
4: How about you, Alex? I don't have to look too far back to find a season where I seen God most powerfully at work. 2018, I stopped working at Camp Arnez. I was working at Camp Arnez and I came to Grant, which actually got me coming here to Grant um, to work at property. Mm-hmm. And then I lost my job at property, which was very hard for me because mm-hmm. you lose your job as a 28 year old guy, Sure. you know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know, can't find a job, can't find a job. And I had just started dating Jess at the time. Um, and you're a man, right? So I grew up in a, in a household where, uh, your identity is in the career you have, the money you have in your bank account. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
0: right. Yeah. Very, um, stereotypical kind of male yeah. Yeah. points of measurement.
4: Absolutely. So mm-hmm. with that constantly being in the back of my head at that time, I remember, um, I remember sitting in my room with nothing in my bank account, nothing to quite, you know, besides having just there, but nothing really to look forward to, just wondering, crying out to God, what, what's going on, you know, why? Uh, and it was at that moment that I felt like a hug, like it was like a hug from Jesus, you know, and, and, and it was a feeling of overwhelming peace. And and the hymn that was brought into my head at the time was, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people may know that hymn. Um, and it's just basically about keeping your eyes on Christ. And ourselves is not the center point of our lives, but it's Jesus who's the center point of our life. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus who is the one that we look to, not money, not fame, not career, not success. Um, it took me a while to to figure that out. But sitting there and realizing, hey, you know what? Jesus is my all in all. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything. If I didn't have, you know, if I, was, mm-hmm. if I was sitting somewhere with no money and didn't have a house or a roof over my head, but I had Christ, I'd have everything, right? <laughs> you know, and wow. it, but yeah. it, sitting there and just de, de- literally ripped everything apart from me. Um, and this was after <laughs> um, I should, you know, I'm going to be real here. This was after I had my vehicle taken away from the authorities because I, um, I couldn't pay my vehicle. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it was that then coming home to my room and mm. being like, what the heck? You know. Right. So, and Jesus just stepped in and, um, and then it was just kind of been like a domino's effect from, uh, from there, from there on where I was introduced to a bunch of godly men who decided they'd want to step into my life and uh, mentor me and, and, and men I've never had in my life before. Uh, I mean, one guy, um, I did, but, um, Growing up in my family, I never had godly men. So
0: okay, yeah. Um,
4: but to have a bunch of godly men come in and see God's grace in that, and right, and yeah. start molding me and 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 using God to mold me through them, right? Yeah.
0: So because up to that point, you had only understood joy or peace as mm-hmm. coming from maybe those external things, absolutely, like you said, money in the bank, absolutely, job, yeah. nice car, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not trying to apply a common theme here, but it's very Davis, similar yeah. both of your your stories mm-hmm. in that they they both have you've both experienced these points in your life of coming to just this this point of of nothing and mm-hmm. And I've been there too, um yeah. where you just feel like you have nothing left um outside of God himself, and that's exactly where he seems to meet us. Mm-hmm. and it sounds mm-hmm. like he met both of you Absolutely. in very real tangible ways and mm-hmm. Alex, I love thank you for sharing that with us. I love your explanation of that embrace of the hug, right? Mm-hmm. That comfort, that peace that uh, a father it was
4: brings to his child. Literally the embodiment of uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight thirty-two, 32, which he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can't explain a more perfect verse right. than that to apply to that time. It was the living embodiment of that verse. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's just one of those moments um, I'm sure you'll remember for the rest oh, of your yeah. life and, and share it with others kind of when those verses that we've heard mm-hmm. all our lives, we know are true yeah. intellectually. Suddenly they pop off the page because we've experienced them in our own lives, in a, in a personal way, those mm-hmm. biblical truths. So, huh? Yeah. wow, that's a powerful story. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing Absolutely. that. So as we look into today... Uh, If each of you could take a couple minutes here to share with us uh, what you've been learning in your personal relationships with God. What has he been teaching you as you spend time in the word, in prayer, in community, in worship? Uh, What have you been growing in during these last few months?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like life goes, (laughs) things still happen, right? Like um, I clearly, as Alex is explaining that beginning of our relationship when, yeah, I lost a job, lost his car. There was nothing like there was just... God was so present and I just remember like just seeing Alex for who he is and that's just how Jesus is. Like he doesn't ask us to be good at our career. He doesn't ask us to give all we got, like just to have a relationship with him. Um, And so as life has gone on, things have gotten like a lot better in my life for sure, but there are still those days. Um, But a constant theme that has been like in my heart is just to gaze upon Jesus, just to fix Mm -hmm. my eyes upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he is absolutely everything I need and the only thing I need. And so, um, yeah, just in like through worship, through my devotions, like that's just been absolutely constant. When I have a hard day at work, it's just like, hey, set your eyes on Jesus, right? Right. Like when it's a hard day of like self-esteem, it's like keep your eyes on Jesus. So it's just absolutely all about that. So yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you do that? What practically, right? Mm -hmm. Like to have that idea, I need to, in order to get and move out of whatever I'm going through right now, Mm -hmm. I need to set my eyes on Jesus. I need to gaze on him. What's the next step? Like, what's the practical Mm -hmm. expression of that often for you?
3: Well, humanly, (laughs) humanly versus a struggle, right? Like you become really anxious about certain things or, you know, you have your little outbursts and temper tantrums. But when, I don't know, it just... I've learned to like pause. Mm, it sounds right. really weird, but to yep. just have a second. Yeah. Um. Like Alex has brought a good practice, and to just turn worship music on. Right. It's been yep. just like to really void out everything else, and it makes it hard for you to think about yourself when you're worshiping Jesus. Right. So. Yeah. Or whatever else is going on in your life. So, mm-hmm. I will try to do that. Um praying, I'm a big person to like text people when I'm like freaking out. And so that does help. But even in that, like Christ has just reminded me, like, just come to me, Mm -hmm. like, just like, get like, just talk to me Mm -hmm. um, before you go and talk to everybody else. So I try like to practically just to like, take that second. Yeah. Turn on worship, worship music on and just pray, like talk to God as I would with a friend.
0: Right. So yeah. 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 Finding uh, yeah. Finding ways to sort of pull yourself out of it and re-fix your eyes on what's mm-hmm. really important, what the number yeah. one thing should be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause so often we get distracted, I think.
4: Totally. Cool. Yeah. How about you, Alex? The best way I could describe it, it kind of builds upon um, what I said earlier about an area that Christ that God has shown me and and and, and come through for me. Um the supremacy of Jesus. Mm. Uh, I've been going through a series by Vadi Bakum called uh, Revelation. So, it's his, his take on the book of Revelation. And um, it's really, and just a lot of my own personal um, read, uh, daily Bible readings and things like that. Um, the theme of the supremacy of Christ keeps coming back. And um, just thinking about the contradiction between the lion and the lamb, that's who Christ is, mm-hmm. right? The lion of right. the tribe of, Jude, tribe of Judah and the, and, and the spotless lamb who was uh, slain for our sins, you know. Um, but just to know that, yeah, he's that lion. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He he sits on that throne. He's the one who judges. But the Lamb, who's who I explained earlier, the guy who you come to, the, the spotless Lamb, who was the uh, who was used for um, our sins, for our iniquities, and died for them. Um, just this, yeah, that supremacy, that how big he is and how small we are, and that's the biggest thing I. I I'm learning right now is that I'm nothing mm-hmm. without Jesus. I'm nothing. I, I could pretend, you know, um, I could pretend, you know, if I didn't have Christ, I could pretend to be someone I could go out and conquer the world, conquer, conquer, you know, finances or whatever it may be, but I'm nothing without Christ and, mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, we are nothing without Christ. Christ is the uh, end, end all and be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's who we are. That's who we are to point everything to in our life, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, is, yeah, I just like a, the biggest thing for me is I love that con, that, that, that lion and the lamb. Yes. picture.
0: I love that contrast yeah. too. That, that idea that the God who created the universe, yeah. Uh, and Pastor Sean here at Grant talked about that mm-hmm. on Sunday Absolutely. a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. For those who didn't catch that message, you can go on the Grant website and listen to it. But that idea that the God who created the universe, every star, every planet, solar system, is the same one that embraced you when you mm-hmm. were at, a low point in your life and, and each of us. And I just love that, that contrast of the power of God, the immensity of God contrasted with the intimacy of God. Wow. Absolutely. That's a very important thing. I think for all of us to be fixing our eyes on Mm -hmm. uh, in all seasons, but especially maybe the one we're in now where so much is unstable and Mm -hmm. unsure But that supremacy never Mm -hmm. changes. No, never. never shakes. Never. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And I'm sure that's encouraging to young adults who are listening. Uh, before we close here, uh, why don't you each give us a couple resource recommendations? So these can be podcasts, books, uh, music that you've recently been enjoying or learning from and that you want to share with our young adult community.
3: Um, so I have been listening to our podcast, actually. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it's actually been so encouraging to get to know my people. Yeah. Right. People of my community, people of all ages, just their stories like have been amazing. Just a podcast you can listen to. And it feels like you're there having a conversation with people, which I know is the goal of this. So (laughs) that's been it's been absolutely so encouraging. Other than that, I've honestly just been the Bible. (laughs) Great resource I, <laughs>
0: recommendation.
3: Honestly, because I find myself Honestly, sometimes. Now I that you just...
0: say it, I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know, I'm a little confused why everyone hasn't been saying that.
3: Well, it's just because I, for myself, I just find that I could read a book and then I kind of forget the main book. And so.
0: Right, totally. I
3: want to just dive into scripture. Yeah, I would just say that. I don't really have any special. I know Alex is like the bookkeeper librarian. Yes, yes I'm, I'm,
0: I know Alex has got some books for us. Totally. So uh, open up your Amazon shopping carts, folks. we yep. got some books coming.
4: <laughs> One of the books I'm currently going through right now is called The Taste of Heaven by R.C. Sproul. It's basically, uh, in a nutshell, it's how God would design a worship service if he was down here, if he if we were to design a worship service for our church. And it's powerful. That's all I'll say right now. So... Another thing, like I said earlier, uh, Vadi uh I love the guy. He's a, he's a fantastic preacher, someone I listen to often. Uh, he has a series called The Exposition of the Book of Revelation, mm. and it is powerful. Cool. And I've wept many times <laughs> listening to some of those messages. So, um, yeah, it's powerful, I'd say that. Uh, and another book, honestly, uh, by one of our uh, own here in Canada's famous theologians, J.I. Packer, Knowing God. Yeah. Powerful book. It, it, I think everyone should. It's a classic personally. Yep. So, I mean, besides scripture, which Jess had already mentioned and may have stolen my thunder a little bit. but <laughs> <laughs> well, um, all of ours. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. we should all start there. Yeah, but it's OK. No, I'm glad she did that. And I mean, that just shows how amazing her heart is. So that's what I would recommend. I, I could I could list a ton of books right now. I'm um, sure. And well, could, actually yeah. one more, I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those um, apologetic aficionados, um, mm-hmm. Tactics by Gregory Kokel. Fantastic book. It really is. It's, cool. uh, it breaks down, um, the elements of apologetics and, and just basic, you know, learning how to basically defend your faith from a simplistic point of view and it does it easily. It's not hard to read.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks guys. I uh, will include links to all of those, uh, in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, if anyone's interested, Uh, Friends who are listening, please keep Alex and Jess in your prayers, Uh, specifically for Jess. You can pray for her as she continues to settle into her new exciting position and pray for Alex as he uh, goes back to school this fall, Uh, which as for many of you is going to look different maybe than he expected. So just (laughs) prayer for that. Uh, Friends, guys, thanks for sitting down with me today. It's been great to hear more about what God's been teaching you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Canvas Conversations on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a show. And check us out on Facebook and Instagram at at CanvasGMC.
3: This is pretty spooky content.